0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Groomed LA. The beautiful life awaits. It's Emily. I know it's been a few weeks. Um, We've been switching podcast servers so that we can be on Spotify and it's taken a little while. Anyway, here we are. Hi. I'm so psyched to be back. It's been a long time since I've talked to you or myself or whoever listens to the show. That being said, I want to get right into it. Uh, This week, I have a very special guest. We're veering away from the wellness world and biohacking and all that kind of stuff that Groomed LA the blog represents and we're going back to my Hollywood roots um I've always said I'm going to be introducing people from my whole sort of world and show business occasionally when I can, when I think there's an exciting story to share, something that is uplifting, something that talks about stamina, perseverance, longevity. Uh, career longevity is very important to me as much as health longevity. And so without further ado, I want to, I want to introduce my guest. It's Eric LaSalle. Um, we were on the show ER together and I wouldn't really say together because he was, you know, one of the stars of the show and I basically, you know, as a paramedic and I had a few lines here and there, although it did go on for a long time. Eric was on the show, I think for like six years, playing Eric uh, playing Pete, Dr. Peter Benton, a very interesting character, and we actually talk about it because this character was so tightly wound and showed so little and yet was so full of emotion. And and I really wanna we, we we broke that down too. This is an amazing episode if you're in show business, if you're an actor, if you're a writer, if you're a director, if you're in any kind of career where you want lots of longevity and yet you, you know, you're in something where a lot of your career depends on the, the other people, <laughs> other people hiring you, other people making your show, other, 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 other people, and you have very little power. Uh, to be honest, as an actor. And what I love about Eric's story is that, you know, he's a Juilliard trained actor and we kind of get into this incredible backstory about, you know, his upbringing in Connecticut and uh, it's just really fascinating and how he went on to Juilliard and yada, yada, yada. Um, But What's interesting is that, you know, he's had a very long career. I mean, I remember before I even met Eric on the show, he was very well known for being in that Eddie Murphy movie, Coming to America. Very funny character. I think it was Daryl Jenks. Hold on. Yeah. Um, Is that the name of the character? I'm on your Wikipedia page right now, Eric. Anyway, um, I couldn't wait to talk to Eric because now he is – Producer, executive producer, and director of this Chicago PD, which is another huge NBC show. And what's really cool is how he talks about during his years in show business, he was already planting the seeds for like the next act, or let's call it the third act, because we're, you know, we're a little bit older now, you know, planting the seeds about how to have longevity. And you know, as an actor, you're not going to act forever or maybe you can, but he was always fascinated by directing. And I was really interested in how he made that switch and how he started working on writing and producing and directing while he was an actor, almost like planning his, his like exit strategy. Um, and it's really interesting. And not only that, but I also love this episode because it's incredible for anyone who is an actor. It's, it's incredible for anyone because, um, he talks about, you know, really what it takes to make it in this business. So it was really fun to sit down and talk with Eric. And without further ado, I am going to um bring on Eric. And uh we'll wrap up at the end and I'll tell you how to find him on social media and all that stuff. But it's not even really his bag. More importantly, just go watch Chicago PD on NBC Wednesday nights. Okay, without further ado, I bring you Eric. Bless all I am here with Eric. Just so you know, Eric, I will have already introduced you with flying colors, with a full fanfare by the time we're recording. But I'm here with you, Eric Lasalle. My, I consider you a dear friend.
1: I consider the same. You know, even
0: if we don't have to speak, we're like we have a connection. We're you know, we're ease. And we go and we go way back. We go way, way back. back. I mean, I was in my twenties. So you go back. We go back. 25 years. Hold the mic here like you're holding. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, that sounds weird. But you know what I'm saying. Like, get in there. So me and E go far back. And why? What the reason why I was so fascinated to talk to you on the podcast was because you have had such a long career in show business, mm-hmm. and show business only, mm-hmm. unless there were some little pockets of time mm-hmm. that I don't know about. And it's it's truly unbelievable. Um And, you know, as time morphs and you start as an actor and then you writing and directing and producing, you actually did write some books, which Mm -hmm. is a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. So there is that Mm -hmm. just like an unbelievable creative soul filled bursting with creativity. You had to just write some books. Couldn't be enough to just act. Maybe do some. You had to write. You just had to write some Mm -hmm. books about like. Maybe like Seven Deadly Sins or something. Am I right? Yeah. Am I feeling it? Yeah. Something about like murders and yep. right at my alley. Thrillers, thrillers. 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 Yeah. I know. Murder, thrillers, same shit. Um, and I just think it's incredible. And I want to talk about, you know, this pod, I talk about a longevity and like wellness. And I feel like longevity in career is an insane accomplishment. Right. I mean, it's incredible. So you've got your longevity and your health, but then career, like how do you have career health and how do you have, and and have life health and how do you, how does it all come together?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. I think it's all ultimately connected. Mm. I think if, um, the game plan, um, uh, do you remember Dr. John Fong? Of course. Yes. Okay. So, um, who, you know, passed away.
0: Um, but wait. John Fong passed away. John, yeah, he passed away last year. I did not know that. Yeah, sorry. To, <gasps> yeah, sorry. To okay, like, but
1: um, he always used to say, um, "The plan is to outlive my enemies." <laughs> oh my god! And, and, we, and he would laugh about it. But the 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 point is this: if you plan on, um, being around, and when I say plan on, I mean you know you don't control it, mm-hmm. but the parts of it that you do control, mm. um. You know, healthy lifestyle, um, you know, no, you know, no drugs or, you know, every drink, whatever. I mean, things, things, whatever. look, there are people that are over 100 years old that drink and smoke or whatever, but you have to find what works for you. Right. And so for me, if you plan on if you plan on bringing these big dreams to fruition, first and foremost, you got to take care of yourself to. You know, absolutely hedge the you know hedge the bet that you will be around again. Don't control it. If God says tomorrow you're gone, you're gone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, I don't want to be the one that's responsible for that. Right. So I want to be responsible proactive for, about proactive exactly. Right. So it's so it's really it's really about you don't know, you know again no one controls it, but it is but one does control what not. They're proactive about right. their health, about their um, career, their aspirations yeah. that you you and so. In planning for that, um, to me, it connects it all. Mm. So so they're not necessarily separate.
0: I think that's interesting. I was just having lunch with a bunch of women. We're all, you know, we're late 40s. Some are veering into their 50s. <laughs> don't know who. But anyway, I'm just saying there's this whole thing about, you know, people in this like third act of life. Mm. And, you know, you can either chill and rest and like let your brain go to pot or you can do something like I'm I'm about to start a brand new fucking business and something I know nothing about because I can't wait to stay young right. for my brain to be challenged right. to learn a new thing another woman at this lunch just went to, you know, she's a filmmaker and she had to go back to film school because she was cutting on Avid's, wow. you know, when she was at USC she's like, I had to, I was like 45 years old, or everyone was 20 and I had to do this crazy class intensive to learn, but I, I was saying, how how does it feel to be learning and growing at forty eight? And she was said it was you know amazing, yeah. and it just keeps you sharp. So I do feel that like that career health, whether it's career or work, or maybe it's a creative passion, maybe you start taking on a, like something crazy, like a language, things that you really do mm-hmm. to um, regrow connections in your brain. Yeah. And well, yeah. you know,
1: but with that, you know, the, you know the the whole aging thing. You know, the pros and cons, you know, half empty, half full um, perception. But, you know, for me, you think about all this stuff, like right now, it's easier for me to be more at peace. Um, Things aren't as big as they used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Things don't. Um, upset you or destroy you or you, or your ego in having to win. And what ends up happening is it, it, it takes some of the stress out of your life. So I find myself, yeah, you can always, uh, everyone, uh, reminisces about youth and, 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 and youth is youth. But, um, but there's just something cool about having been around for a while, having learned how to, having learned how to, um do your craft with more ease um with you know less drama less you know what i mean and and so that's a that that's something that's important i think with the aging process mm. and the maturity and and then back to what you were saying about engaging your mind because you're engaging your mind under like you were so when we were young, we were so easily distracted yeah. by, um, I was at a dinner party years ago and this um, actress who I, I won't say her name, but um, she was, it was really cool. She just out of the blue, she goes, can you imagine what we could have accomplished with all the time we spent chasing ass, and this mm. came from a woman, and I thought it was so cool. It's true; it's
0: a metaphor. But you get it's a because it's a we were chasing
1: so many things, and and now I feel creatively, mm. I'm at the most centered uh, wow. time in my life. I'm I'm like so. I I'm doing like multiple things. I've got great energy. I you know wake up early. I I I, I work before I go to work. I work after I come home from work, and. And it's endless because I'm not as, I'm more centered. I'm not as distracted. I'm not out chasing the things. You're not coming
0: from fear. And I think that when we're younger and we're starting out, you're so terrified Mm -hmm. that you're going to fail, that you're going to be irrelevant, that you're going to fall off. And you know, these things happen. They cycle. I mean, especially as actors, there's there's no way you can stay hot for for very long. I don't care who you are. I mean, you live in this fear of becoming somewhat invisible or invisible in different ways
1: well or you're you're too young and too arrogant to think that oh um or and you I was. How did yeah. you feel when you? Well, were, because I, look, I mean, I, I I went to school. I, I did you go to,
0: like Juilliard or I went, something? I went
1: two years to Juilliard. I, I, I went two years at Juilliard and then two years at NYU. So uh, you had a school. very you know. So I came out. I came out in this you know with this Ivy League um, theatrical education, and so I had an I had agents after me as soon as I came out. So and and and, and so did a lot of my peers. All so, right. So
0: who were this, your peers, by the way?
1: Michael Beach, right. uh, Ving Ren. James, uh, Wendell Pierce. Mm. Uh, Then when I went to NYU, John C. McGinley, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, uh, Tony Kushner was a a writing and directing major at NYU um, who did Angels in America. Of course. Yeah. And um, so, you know, you have all of these, you know, we had advantages. We had advantages because of the... um, the, the, the schools that we came from, the caliber. The pedigree. The pedigree. The pedigree. It's a, it's, we, it's the a, pedigree. It's laurels that exactly. you can rest on, literally. So, so, it, 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 you know, I don't know that it was so much arrogant. It was just kind of like, if you go and you bust your ass and you get this great education, this education is going to give you this long career. And, and, and that's what, that's what they tell you. Well, it
0: gives and you so a sense so... of entitlement and you need a sense of entitlement to, you be, an, to be an actor. You got, right. I mean, if you don't have that, you're done. Right. I feel like you have to have that. Exactly. Almost a false sense of entitlement. Yeah. to keep going, like to be in this like fantasy that you are the center of the world.
1: Well, you I, I, you you just have to you have to believe in yourself. Right. Yeah, and, you know, because I think sometimes it's hard. Um, look, I grew up, you know, African American in a you know, ninety uh, nine point ninety nine percent African American um environment, or at least ninety five percent, and then also Latino, and um, and I think that you have this. This, 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 um, you're like enclosed, this like you're, you know, you're protected and, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's, your, it's your world, right? Then you venture out and you start seeing these other things. But see, in my culture and in my upbringing, I didn't have the frame of reference of actors. Where I did you I couldn't grow up? point to Hartford, Connecticut. Which is interesting, yeah. Which is the insurance capital of the world. Interesting I think of dichotomy. It as like
0: Whitey, Whitey, Whitey.
1: Oh no, Hartford. no, no. Okay, no. Well, let me let me screw okay. you. Okay. So I grew up. Hartford is the capital. Okay. And Hartford is the insurance capital of the world. Okay. It is also one of the poorest cities in the nation. Wow. So there's this weird dichotomy where you have this multi-billion-dollar industry, mm-hmm. which is downtown Hartford, and then I grew up on the North End. Uh, inner city um and i didn't know it at the time but if like it's one of the poorest cities in the nation and so it was just that weird so it's very segregated Mm -hmm. it was very you know so yeah there were a lot of people making a lot of money and there are a lot of people that weren't so you had you know um so but equally important there was uh, so there was Pratt and Whitney which uh, was an aeronautics um development uh corporation they they, they built you know stuff and uh, sold to the uh, government and you know and there was a path you graduate high school and Pratt and Whitney was paying really good money mm-hmm. then for not having a college education just like someone out of right. high school could go there and you know make some decent money right. so that was the path that was one and that was something in your neighborhood did, in my in neighborhood your, okay. and that was something you know my brother did that was something that people knew it was tangible so when i come along and say hey i want to do this artist thing i want to be this actor thing, there's no framework like oh, yeah. whoa whoa no 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 like you know and we don't know enough about it and how did you
0: get to that like when did that moment was that in high school Was it like you know that what was that moment was it a play did you see something what inspired it was high that? school
1: it was high school you
0: gone to a play you had a, what, what was it do you remember um, that moment
1: i remember i had a relative who was a dancer. And, um, she, I, I went to a rowdy inner city high school Mm -hmm. and, um, and I remember she came to perform and I just remember how quiet everyone Mm -hmm. was. And that was my first sort of, uh, definition of power of true power and i thought the fact that she engaged and she was she was the top dancer in the oh, in the truth so, so 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 it's like so there's this ego of like that's that's my relative and and she and then so when she had the solo i mean you could hear a pin drop and i'm and these are people that never right. were you know they we're always we were always making noise always doing stuff so there was something about that there was that's something so was fascinating. Something about that and i remember that moment that, that was the and i and i, and I remember going like I didn't, I never thought of I want to do that, yeah. But I, I wanted to do something like that that com- that was that commanded that type of the attention. attention and respect.
0: That and is so, such a beautiful, yeah. it's very poetic. I'm seeing it right now. I'm seeing this like young boy. Shocked by right. the power of silence and the uh, and 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 the captivity of the audience. Yeah, and really looking at the audience and the power and just like holy, are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, that my was focus- a similar moment that I had too. Oh really? And I was like, yeah, I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, wait, everyone is wrapped by this performance. It was like a kids' theater, and I was like, I want. I I also felt, you know, I needed. I was drawn to. I think it really for me. You know, not to come back, but like it was a lot, a lack of sort of feeling empowered and self worth. You know, as right. a third child and right. wanting to just command like everyone to just shower me with with their attention.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's even even when we can't put it into words. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, like I said, I, I I I wasn't articulate about it then. All I and that's the cool thing. Just remember how it, felt it, how I felt. You know, my my Angelou has that saying: people will forget what you say, people will forget what you do, but they won't forget how you made them feel. Oh,
0: that's a good one. And
1: I and I remember how I felt, and I didn't have the words, but I just remember. And I, and the interesting thing was, I think I watched for most of it until I completely gave myself over to her. Um, I watched the audience's reaction as much as I was watching the performance because right. I was as I was as mesmerized by them being mesmerized as I was by and then and then eventually it was I was all on the dance but I I, I could not believe reverent I yeah yeah I couldn't believe that and this this was someone I knew this was right. someone else, you know and, I'm going, and wow they they commanded that kind of attention right. and detail so that that was That's that was fa- good,
0: that's yeah. that's that's quite a moment yeah. I mean that's beautiful yeah and it's interesting because when you're younger and you get that little bug and you see something and that thing that inspires all of us as actors that turns that light on it's you're it's almost pre you don't have the vocabulary for it yet yeah and also you don't really know what's going what it's going to take then to then become that an artist exactly and then you just have the you just have an idea there's some vague idea there's something about that the watching the reverence the the res- something and you have no idea what then it be, it means to become an actor right and then you have to, then that has to click. But then for you, you also too. have to
1: stay, you have to stay in it. Like, yeah. you know, that relative. That has
0: to click. It has to yeah. click and never go away. Yeah.
1: That relative ended up, uh, you know, getting pregnant early and you know what oh, I mean? So, right. so it's, so even though it inspired me, um, we you have to then start talking about what you started the conversation with longevity you start talking about like is, and and once that was a dream for me that was the only dream i had was like i want to not and it's weird because i would say that my um journey or trajectory or whatever you want to call it um i started when i was really young and like junior high or as soon as i could you um Grade school, as soon as I could really write, I started, I I was always a creative writer. Mm. So I was always doing poetry. I was doing, you know, maybe short, short stories, just, but, but writing was, and so there was a period where I wanted to be a writer. Right. And I was like, I want to, you know, I want to do that. Then I saw the power of the performance. And then I still wanted to be a writer. And I remember at 14, um, I went to, uh, we we hadn't had a drama club in 20 years Right. and all of a sudden um, there was a guy um, by the name of Paul Zients who decided to revive um, the drama club.
0: It's like that TV show. There was like a Jason Kadem show where like some guy goes in and revives a theater, okay. like a inner city
1: theater. Yeah. Right. And so it was, Class school. And so just so happened I was a freshman Um uh, I was halfway through the year. I wasn't doing great. My grades were so, so I, you know, I discovered girls and, you know, and I was 14 and, you know, you know, you think you're cool. I had my first leather jacket and I was like, you couldn't tell me shit. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so I went and I, my, I had this big vision of I'm going to write this amazing play and they're going to perform my, and, and when I show up, they're like, yeah, we need you to audition. And, it, you know, and, and, and then I auditioned for Raisin in the Sun, which was huh. the performance and that was it you got the part i got yeah i played george murchison who was uh, benitha's boyfriend uh and so and we toured and then the second year you toured we yeah we went like connecticut right like yeah we that's went. incredible and then um then i joined a uh an uh an acting troupe um, that toured the entire state. It was funded by Planned Parenthood. Wow. And we would go and do skits on teenage pregnancy, right. abortion, um, uh, STDs, uh, peer pressure. And we would do these improvisational skits. Oh, and great. we would go and then we would have these discussions. And so Planned Parenthood right. sponsored it. Oh, that's it.
0: genius. Right. Yeah.
1: So, so I had Planned Parenthood in my ear. Um At you know fourteen right. years old, there you go. fifteen years Not old anyone pregnant. and I was like, Oh no, you know exactly, yeah, right. so it was it was actually really, really cool, at that point, that was it, that was all, and then I met my mentor, who's your mentor his well, his name was uh, Clay Stevenson, and was he' an, so,
0: an acting teacher
1: he was a uh he was a director. And i'm uh, just an amazing man. He became a, a father. He passed away uh several years ago, but he was, you know, sort of a father figure to me. And he would come in and uh, he lived in New York, but he would come to Hartford and he was tied into the Hartford Stage Company, and then the Hartford Stage Company started having, you know, sort of inner city program, right. you know, and, of and so you could have kids in the summertime doing it. And so I met him and then he became the director of this improvisational company as well. Okay. And he Saw something in me, and um, and he was one of the hardest working people, and his standards were so high. Right. Like he was, he was so often not pleased. <laughs> you know, he was it was hard. He was a hard guy to please. Great, and and so it set a standard, of course. Uh, but when he was pleased, he was pleased, and 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 sometimes it sometimes it'd be the silliest thing. Like you'd watch it, and he would go, "Oh my, that's brilliant," and you and wow. but he would break it down why, and you go, oh. "Actually, wow, I didn't get it." You know what I mean? So, right. um, so then from that point on, it was
0: – Do you remember thinking back, like if you were to remember yourself then, did you think you had something? Like if you were to see yourself as a child and, and you were that person and you had seen yourself oh, as a young kid coming in, he's like 11th grade, would you have seen you go, oh, that kid has something? Do you think – was there something – I wonder what that thing is that sort of sets people apart to like yeah, really you – have,
1: You have something. You have you know. something. You know you do. You know, that, you, know, you, know it. you have it. You know you – and I knew – it's the same. It's the same thing. I knew what I didn't have. I knew I didn't, what didn't have. What did you have? I didn't have when my, you know, when my brothers were like, "Hey, let's go out and play basketball in the snow." I didn't have it. I didn't like. It didn't matter that much to me. I wasn't gonna. Oh, I'd so rather, you
0: didn't have the distraction. You didn't have that drive to do other. Like you got no. Is that what I you did, mean exactly. And I like. Oh, I, I, and I them. left.
1: I left the. I was on the freshman basketball team, which didn't take much. You kind of just had to show up, and they, right. they, they picked you. But I left the freshman drama, uh basketball team to join the drama club and oh. i and, and so when we talk about having it, I had a connection um at that point. do you think you have talent i mean at, listen you you're judging you're judging yourself completely differently right. if you can cry on cue you you're special right. you know what i mean so right. and obviously that's not what acting is of course. but when when you don't know so' you think when you, it's amazing, right? and you, and you think you have something yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. But what I did know, what I did know that I think was, was, was indisputable was I had drive and I had discipline Mm. and, uh, and if, if, if Clay gave me an assignment and, and coming from a high standard, it, I had a great, I've always had a great
0: work ethic. Absolutely. I think
1: more than, more than, I think that's the thing that separates.
0: Yeah part of the pie yeah. like you can't you have to have all i mean there's so many things that have to come together yeah. but what's really interesting I, I, and I, i'm just wondering what like your friends were saying when you're like dude i'm dry I'm, I'm gonna get into the drama club like how did that go down well they were laughing right you know what i mean and but then you the, just kept persevering you're like i've got something for me here i gotta yeah, keep going I got I I and, and it I got
1: connected but here's the thing uh i was almost um, I was—I almost stayed back in school, as we used to say. Um, I, I was almost oh, like i almost had to mm-hmm. repeat a grade because my, like I said, I wasn't really that focused. Once I joined the drama club, um, I went from almost being left behind to an honor student. Oh
0: my, um, it just set it you on fire. Been,
1: it was just, it was focused, you know, my mother who didn't understand, very old fashioned Southern woman, um, didn't understand she understood survival, so she didn't understand this whole thing, so she would have been um, out of love. she would have been more comfortable had I gone and gotten the job at Pratt and Whitney of something that she can see oh well, you can make a tangible, tangible job
0: there's a check there's no you know it's not and, amorphous
1: and most of us go through this you as a young lady, you know what I mean like you know so it's just and that they they they, they love you the best they can with what they have and and so again. Was it a crazy idea? Yeah, it was. Is it, is it your parents' job to kind of protect you from crazy ideas? Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? So she was doing what she did, but there was just something, and, and she was smart enough to realize at some point into it, she started kind of dangling it and for like, if you don't clean up your mm-hmm. room you're not going to drama because yeah, she knew how important she, it was to you exactly. and so I, I think she was like look this is It's great it's, I can
0: use it as le- it's great bribing power exactly I don't she get it in. I
1: don't understand it that's great but it's turning him around and it's giving him some focus I wasn't the kid that was trying to hang out late if I was out late it literally had something to do with theater that's amazing I was so you're a
0: true drama nerd
1: yeah true like, drama nerd. Like, yeah.
0: what do they call them like drama-ramas or whatever they called them in college yeah. oh that's amazing So it's and then you got into Juilliard which yeah. must have blown your frigging mind
1: well I I didn't know what Juilliard was, quite honestly. And uh, my you know, Clay, my mentor, said, um, "I think you should start thinking about schools to go to." And I was like, "Okay." And I was, I think I was going to try to go to UConn. Right. I think that, and, and you know, take nothing against because That was like, that was my spot, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of my uh, friends were that I was graduating with. They were going to go there. So he, he said, um, "I think you should." You know, you, I said, "Well, whatever." Whatever he said, I, I, I didn't. I never questioned. Mm. So he said, I'll help you to prepare for your audition. He, he picked a couple of monologues, gave them to me. Do you
0: remember what they were?
1: Yeah. Uh, Edmund from King Lear. <laughs> and then I uh, did a Douglas Turner Ward play, Happy Ending. Um, oh, yeah. Which, which was mm-hmm. a contemporary um, black piece. Right. And, and then I, so I had this classical piece. and I, oh my God. And he worked with me. And I, I remember when we talk about work ethic, some, um, another molding moment and uh, very, very um, influential moment was – he had a performance somewhere or one of his shows was going on. So he couldn't get together with me until 11 o'clock or so. And I remember, and he's helping me on my audition for Juilliard. And I remember we were like working at two o'clock in the morning and I was nodding out. I was falling asleep. And every time I opened up my eyes, he was just, he was gone, And I was, I was sort of like, as though it was his audition. right? And it was, and it woke me up and I, and I was like, Wow! Like this, he was so committed, and he he knew I was nodding out. He just kept going. He kept talking. He kept, Jesus. and whenever I would open up my and then I opened up my eyes, and he was, and and I was like, it's two o'clock, but we did it. And uh, and it wasn't until I started working with him, then I did the read. Then I got the information from Julia, and I started reading about it. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we audition about uh two thousand people. We accept thirty, and then you're like, whoa, and then uh, the, people started you know, once once you have that name, yeah. You know, people start, "Oh, that's one of the best schools." And, blah, blah, blah. and I, you know, I had a um, I had a counselor who was, you know, this white female who was like, "You might want to do some other things," you know, kind of thing. And, and again, oh, the college
0: counselor? Yeah, uh, no, the high school high. School I mean, counselor. the high school. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. she didn't
1: because no one from no one from my community ever oh, went to God. a school like Juilliard. You know what I mean? And so she couldn't. She couldn't fathom it. I was too blind and ignorant and uh, naive, I should say that's yeah I was just optimistic. that's great, so, so where the na-
0: and also the naivete of you don't ha- it's not like you're coming from some privileged private school in New York where you know so much and you're so much pressure you you almost the naivete served your exactly feeling of of oh my God, and then you auditioned and you got in
1: yeah, yeah, and then that was oh a huge culture God. You know, that was a culture shock of. Going from a predominantly black environment to a predominantly white environment, and um, just Lincoln you know, Center culturally, yeah, it was it was a lot. It was it was it was, it was a lot hardcore, but it was a you know it was a great education. Um, you know, for the two years that I was there, and then I then I went to NYU for two years, and NYU suited me just a little better. I can see that, yeah. You know, what I mean, like, It's a little
0: grittier, it's a little yeah. more. down to earth
1: yeah yeah i mean
0: juilliard is is so out of the stratosphere it's just because then you also have your violinists and your ballerinas and you're surrounded by so much excellence it's probably overwhelming
1: yeah and uh nyu is like the village you're hanging yeah. out in the village you're seeing life that's all so things like you've got like at juilliard you never went outside right. You went. i mean you did your you know in, in nyu just going from one school yeah. to the next so fun you're you're seeing life and you're you know and so it, it look it both of them are amazing schools i would r- highly recommend them to anyone um you just have to find which one speaks to you mm-hmm. the most and mm-hmm. most effectively, mm-hmm. and and NYU after my two years. Yes, yeah, so you
0: had that all exactly, and then you moved out to Cal Hollywood to-
1: No, 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 no. I did. I I lived in New York for fourteen years. Oh my god! So, yeah, so I started my career um, in New York, and um, you know, soap operas. I didn't realize um, you were
0: there for that long. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. No, I I I basically after I got out of college, I moved to LA officially when we right. started ER.
0: I can't believe you that. Know, I was
1: back and forth. I was back. And, I, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I'd come out to LA. I might spend four or five months out here. I might like rent the, remember the, like, right. the Oakwood apartment. Yeah, of, of course. Yeah. You know, right. Um, I go said the Oakwood apartments. Uh, we shot half of coming to America in New York and half of it in LA. So I came out here for that. That film um, is a real here.
0: seminal film. Yeah. And did mm-hmm. that, do you, Do you, side note, do you feel like that film, I mean, it was such a, I mean, high comedy. Mm-hmm. And such a great funny character. Do, you, do that was a real character that, you know, when we think of who else was on ER and he played um you know, Getty Watanabe? Yes. And he yes. played like Every Long Dong Da. Six, yeah, like it was Candidates, one of those yeah. characters that like everyone knew. You almost can't out like did you have a moment in time where you couldn't outlive that character or
1: I mean it's still look, it, it's you what know, wasn't even the character 30, again? Daryl Soul Glow. Yeah.
0: Everyone loves everyone yeah. loves Soul Glow. Yeah. Um we should have made those T shirts. I would wear one. Okay. Logo, t-shirt. Yeah, I'll take, get you. One. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um call Eddie. So I I think
1: that um actually one of the best moments for me for that film was um when I auditioned for John Landis
0: oh, at, Paramount,
1: at Paramount Studios. He was one of the directors that one of the few directors that literally gave me the job on the spot.
0: I'm doing an insta story. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, go on. And on the spot.
1: Had on a, the spot. He just said, okay, sure. And I was like, because, you know, you, usually it's like all oh, this, you got yeah. these producers. And, and he had so much clout that he could make that decision right there in the room. And so I, you go into an audition and you leave going, I'm going to do a movie with that's, the biggest, one of the biggest stars in the world at this point. You well, know that's I mean? unheard of. And I've was, never
0: heard of someone booking a job that's in the why, room.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is why when I started directing, I try to sometimes hire people when I can. I try to hire them. Because it's just it's just, the it's, room? A, it's a powerful thing in
0: it's the a, room. You mean yeah. to give an actor? You're like you got the part. Like yeah. when you know.
1: Yeah, when you know.
0: Have you done that on the sh- TV show?
1: I haven't done it on the show, but I've done it. I've done it in in when I was guest on on certain things, and I knew I had that power, and it was okay for me to do like it. Like what?
0: What kind? Just of show? Like, you know, Just like
1: different. You know, uh, through, you throughout mean, the years that I've been as a director, you know, direct, as a director,
0: yeah. And you're like, that's it. You got it, man. You got yeah. the part. Yeah. And what do they say? They're just like. Pff.
1: Well, it's, it's always like a disbelief as was right. with me. Like, are you like, what are you saying? Right. I'm saying you got the job and you're like, yeah, but, you know, and so there's a little bit and then you and then all of a sudden it hits you and you're like, oh, you know, so. um So that was, you know, for me, that was that was definitely one of the highlights. And that's how I started wow. that job. So that was that was really cool.
0: And then you went on okay so then 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 we come then we're kind of like up to date and we booked this show ER and you booked this show and you're going to be this regular by the way the char- what's so interesting about this character and we'll talk about act, like what what's the thing about acting the thing one of the things is this emotional availability mm-hmm. you know you have to uh, do you know Susan Batson the coach Susan Batson no no um you you know you have this instrument your body's your instrument and you have to be able to play it like a stradivarius mm. is that is that the right one yes, it is. you have to be able to play it and so finely tuned and nuanced it's just it's so insane mm-hmm. that's probably why i just i i think that it i think that i would have never been like an amazing actress because i don't have that facility to it, you i i feel like as much as you study you have to have this thing mm-hmm. you can study up the yin yang but there's people who study and study and study, right. and are never gonna. That's why they're not Meryl Streep. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Or that's why they're a TV comedy actor, and they're you know because to be in a So what's interesting about the character you played, Benton, was he was completely not revealing anything, right? But he was so filled with emotion, right. and you played that that fine that that you played that you were always so full, and yet you were like your face was the same. You were do, you know. There was, you were doing so much with, by doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was a really artful. do you feel like it was a challenging role or do you feel like you, that's I thought it also.
1: Was, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a challenging role, but I, um, for, fortunately, the year before ER, NYPD Blue debuted. Okay. And I was a huge Stephen Bochco fan. Okay. Um, who I, one of my, one of the highlights of my directing careers that I ultimately ended up doing one of i I got i got a chance to work with him how fun when was that um this was his last show um that he did it was on tnt um this was about oh my god like five years ago um i can't even remember the name of the show but it was a with tay Diggs. oh Um, murder 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 in the first or yeah something like that yeah something like that and um and he was he was he was just such a masterful storyteller, and he and he and I used to watch his shows, and that fed that hunger. I wanted, I want to be an actor. I want to be that kind of actor. I want to be on like that was the goal. That and, was the goal.
0: And that that is actually good for actors, like because because agents will say to you, "What do you who do you see yourself as? What is the part that you start curating? Your headshots, and you curate, curate your whole look, and then they start. You know, it's good to know that. Yeah, some people don't know that as actors that yeah. figure out who you are." Right. And where you fit in, and what, kind of truth, and what kind
1: of truths do you want to tell, mm-hmm. or do you have well, to tell? And luckily, I, and I if felt, you can get to that point. Well, but I, th- I felt Botchko was sort of one of the biggest truth tellers at the mm-hmm. like his stuff always felt so real, and that's what I mean by truth. His stuff felt so real, right? So anyway, um, the year before ER, uh, NYPD Blue debuts. I'm hooked. Right. And who was uh, on the original
0: NYPD Blue? Was that like uh, um, uh
1: David Caruso? Right. And um, was it, um Dennis Franz. Right, right, right. Okay. Wow. So now Dennis Franz plays this character named Sipowicz yeah. who was a a, a a racist, he was a drunk, he was just he was a he was a bad guy, right? right? Just just not, he was not not and you don't normally see that on TV. Right. Everyone's everyone's so perfect and, and this and this was your hero Likeable. and this was your hero this was one of your the heroes the anti-hero yeah right and i remember watching the show and i said this guy is so courageous because he's not apologizing. for, And he's not an actor scared that people are going to call, oh, my God, you're such a racist. You're such a – he was being true to the character. Of course. And But that's, that's rare in our industry because people are so consumed with image. And so I said to myself, I said, if I ever get an opportunity to play such an unapologetic character mm. – I want to do them honor, and I and that was directly related to seeing Dennis Franz. Which when when we started doing ER, I ran into him, and I told him, I said, "You are very uh. much responsible for me having the courage to just play Benton unapolog. Like sometimes you didn't like Benton, you just didn't like. That him. was the whole point. And he I didn't mean, care. He didn't care. Yeah. And and then then like you said, there'd be moments where you go, "Oh, there's something so yeah. heartful about him," and like the whole relationship with Carter with Noah mm-hmm. Wiley. Yeah, it was like, oh, he actually.
0: It was, it was a love affair. It was a
1: love affair, but everyone—beautiful. So a lot of people were dismissing it as like, "Oh my God, you're so mean to him." Me. You're no, so mean. It was to me. a great love and affair, was, you know. And so it became this great bromance. But yeah. it came from me seeing someone else, and that's what we should do right. as artists. We want to emulate power and 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 truth, and and that was my truth. And I saw his truth in playing that character, and it inspired me. And I hope. My character inspired other actors to say, hey, you know what? If I'm going to play this guy, I'm not going to – every time we do a scene, I'm going to say something bad, and then I'm going to (laughs) smile so that it softens it. It's just like, no, I'm going to be – I'm going to go in. I'm going to say what I have to say and and that's it. I don't care what you think about it. And you go, that's the guy. Of course. Yeah.
0: I can't – but I don't think that – I can't even imagine – I don't – do you really feel like actors would be like not wanting to do roles because – I think so. Wow. Yeah,
1: I work with I work with actors. I told an actor It's
0: ridiculous. Yeah,
1: I told an actor recently um uh who I I worked I worked with this actor a while ago and um and super nice guy. Like awesome. Just mm-hmm. really really nice human being. And I I ended up telling him. I said, "I want you to stop being so concerned with being nice." Mm. Cuz I think it's holding you back. Mm. And he went on to do some of his best work.
0: Um, Same character, same role. Same
1: role, same role. And he went on to do some of his best work because he wasn't, so he could let himself explore the darker. Yeah. yeah, And so if you're just protecting yourself and you're concerned about image and you're concerned that, oh my God, you know, whether you But then you're not in it. Well, but that's that's our industry right now. Wow. And, And especially the thing about this, we're in a generation now where- People are instant critics. They're Instagrammers. I They're you know. So people people now get to call in and, and get to write in and say, "Oh, I didn't like you on this show," and blah blah, blah. So sometimes, if so, if you're trying to build your Twitter following and your Instagram following, and you you kind of want to please the masses,
0: I can't believe that people are that dumb. Like audiences, like, did I? Are we that? It's so. It's it's, it, it's it not says, dumb.
1: It's not dumb. I feel
0: like it says something. Well, I know there's a thing about you know every time I've ever written something and they have to. This has character. I I, I mean. Has to be likable. I want to make a, my main character in this show that I'm working on completely flawed, not likable, alcoholic, like totally mm. fucked up. And you just fall in love with her. Right. right. That's life. Yeah. Is exactly. there anyone who's not just incredibly flawed and vulnerable exactly. and fallible? It's exactly. just not real. Exactly.
1: And it's, you know, it's our job as, you know, artists to shed light on that truth. Right.
0: So how many years did you do ER? Eight. So what made you leave? What was happening at that time? Everyone was leaving. All the big guys. You guys were all leaving. You stayed on longer. I don't Yeah, the
1: first wave was George, George and Juliana. Left, George
0: left after six years. Five,
1: five years. He only
0: did five years. He did five
1: years, and then Juliana. Juliana left, I think, after five as yeah. well. Yeah, and, and then that, they
0: offered her a shit ton of money to come back, and she left. Right.
1: Um. For me, at that point, I had started directing. Right. And um. And it just got to a you know, got to, you know, that moment where you say, are you going to go, are you going to be a real director? Are you going to right. be a part-time director? Cause you know, it was like, you know, we work 10 months out of the year. So then you, had hours, to, you had to try yeah. to squeeze in something in two months. And, right. and so I was like, are you going to commit to being a real director? I'm um, a full-time director, or are you going to, and, uh, and I wanted to produce, I wanted to create, I wanted to do these things, but, and look, I mean, you could argue with it and say, well, you know, er was giving you the bigger platform which makes you more interesting which makes um so yeah you know that but that has
0: to be hard, a hard hard decision
1: yeah but you know what i, I, I a, made it i made it, you and, made it uh, and you just don't look back and i go and i and i look at how it's benefited me now and, and now having this whole new successful career it's you know it's a process and and things did things happen as quickly as i expected or hoped no
0: but do they ever Not really. but
1: they but now it's just you know i'm just like i love what i do i love what i do and it's you know i'm glad i'm I'm glad i you know i'm glad i get to do what i do
0: right yeah do you so what do you okay so you're living in chicago you're directing are, are you producing the show too
1: yeah i'm the executive producer
0: that's badass yeah so that's I, yeah. insane
1: so, I mean, so you're the uh, one who
0: sits in the room and you're like you you got the part
1: yeah i mean i i'm the uh uh the producing director um and then my boss is the showrunner who's so the showrunner uh, rick ead okay. and uh rick you know writes he's he he deals with the studio, the network. Right. He deals with, you know, all the writers. He's the head writer. He's like John Wells right. was for us on on ER. Um, and he and I have a really great partnership. They brought both of us in um, two years ago at the same time. So he and I came in as the new guys. And it was, right. it was up to us to turn the show mm-hmm. around and to, 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 you know, elevate it. And so he takes care of L.A. I take care of Chicago. And I, I hire, I hire all the directors. I, I've got to make sure that the directors know what they're doing and that we turn in things. I any any production issues. I so I I run Chicago. He runs.
0: Oh my uh, god. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So E, what do you do? And what do you do to take care of yourself? Fitness, wellness, health. How do you? I mean, the stamina for those for for being an actor, mm-hmm. director, producer. You are the last, you're the first there and the last to leave. Mm-hmm. And it's an insane amount of, you know, every cell is on fire. Yeah. You exactly. do not fuck off. Like, you can't. Everyone's yeah. coming to you for answers. How do you, do you drink coffee? Like, stupid things. Like, do you drink coffee? Do you take vitamins? I saw some vitamins. Yeah. Do you, what do you do? To, do um, you work out? I don't, do you have a regime? Yeah. Do you meditate?
1: Yeah. I don't do, um, I don't do caffeine. Um, of course you I don't. Do, um, so damn pure. You know, I do, uh, I do supplements.
0: Um, what kind like of supplements? Of do you have? Herbals. Do you work with? Do you work with a doctor? I work.
1: We have my. I work with a couple of doctors. Are they in LA? Yeah. Are there anyone yeah, that you want to?
0: You want to shout out to? Uh, or are I they mean, your my, secret private people? You don't want I, to share them? Yeah, they might. Okay, so you've yeah. got your people. Yeah,
1: and they, and it's, and it's really about, you know, um, finding. Finding what not only what works for you, but also being again proactive. Mm-hmm. And so once you start again, as you reach a certain age, you say, Okay, these are the things that you've gotta you wanna take in more um I, f- I forget what the element is, but like Fossers, you get it as sun sun, sun sun sunflowers mm-hmm. for for prostate for you know what Absolutely. I mean? So for for this and you say 'cause you know now not, listen, in my twenties, thirties, forties, I wasn't think- you weren't thinking about that. No. So now you wanna so uh you know, are there are there herbs? One of uh, one of my doctors recently. Uh, I'm on my way to uh, London next week, and and, uh, and I was saying, hey, you know, this whole compression socks things when you travel, absolutely. And he goes, hey, you know what? Here's there's an herb that you can take that kind of helps thin the blood a little. Cumen so in. It's not cumin, oh. it's something else. Um, uh, but he was like, you could, you know, you could take this, and oh, and so 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 my assistants, you know, she she'll do the research, and
0: yeah, and so it's, well, you should it's wear compression that. socks. They're comfortable, too, when you fly. Yeah, they are. But if I, you can find a pair that will fit you. Definitely, yeah, these are big. You have to, like, cut a, <laughs> cut a Spanx. <laughs> You'll have to cut, like, Spanx for fat girls and put them on your feet.
1: So, um, but it's, you know, it's really just, you know, definitely exercise. What do you do? Um I, I mean, I do a lot of, like, fortunately in Chicago, there's a gym right in the building, which makes it I easy with, with the schedule. So I can get up at 530 um, go down, do an hour. Of what do you do? Do you, I do, li- I, I do light. I don't do, I'm I don't saying, do you heavy. Don't, is it like,
0: are you, Is cardio. or You do like, you like to lift a little com- weight. Com- it's a combination. It, okay. dep- it depends on the season. Right.
1: Um, I, since I live downtown, I live near the lake, which is so beautiful Gorgeous. and amazing. So when it's warm, uh, you know, I might go walk the lake. I'll come back, do some, you know, light weight right. uh, work, um, weightlifting work, um, I started getting into in the last five months. I started doing yoga because they offer a Thank free God. they f- offer a free yoga class uh, in the gym on Saturday mornings. I was like, I can't beat that. Are you loving it? So yeah, I mean, that's obviously I have certain challenges my mantra is fuck a downward dog i mean i'm i that that position for men it's
0: just you can't do it Why is you it can
1: different? do it it's just it's it's just funny because i was talking to a, a female friend of mine who does uh yoga and she's very advanced and she said that it's funny how men always f- not necessarily struggle but they feel it like like this shit hurts <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean Isn't it, and, and
0: all you're doing is just all you upside down v
1: and that's it and and so i'm my i always Fuck a downward dog, yeah, you know, fuck like that downward dog, yeah, like you know, because yeah. and then they start talking, and you're like, "Hey, I'm still in this position." I love it, and they're torturing and, you. Yeah, and you're like, "Hurry up," you know, right. and so.
0: But that's it. The whole point of it is to see your watch your mind. And that's exactly breathe into it. You exactly. start start taking note of the, you know, I used to teach yoga, just start t- having awareness. Okay, my arms are hurting. There, my arms, my feet, my calves. You know, just start having getting out of the the experience and watching it. That's what I like to do.
1: And think. that's what and you know, so for me it's it's on my best days, on my best days on Saturday, the best ones, I do the trifecta. Ooh, like I'll get yoga up, yoga. I'll get up, I'll go work out um at eight, I'll do yoga at nine, and then I'll walk the lake. Those are And then you chill. And then I'm good. Yeah, would- so at eleven so so come eleven o'clock. Um, I'm done. I, you know, I, I eat, um, I
0: was saying, do you have any special diet? Like, do yeah, you need you? I do. I
1: do. I do two things that have made a big difference. Okay. Um, I've done the, uh, I do the, uh, intermittent fasting. Same. So I basically eat at 8 PM and then I don't eat again until 12 or one o'clock the next day. Great. Uh, and living in Chicago and being a person that loves food. Um, I mean, I, 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 I think I put on like twenty pounds. You don't look And a, then I took yeah, and, I, and I, great. I've lost and I've lost. You, you don't, know, I've come down and I'm and i'm I I'm this is probably my weight on ER now. Yeah, you know, you're like very thin. Yeah. So that has been and I eat what I want to
0: eat. Right. So you eat everything. You eat meat, da-da-da. I
1: don't I don't do a lot of red meat. I don't eat pork. Um I rarely like red meat, like a nice wagyu uh, I don't do a lot of red meat. I'm I'm I may do red meat on average at this point, first of all, I cut ready meat out for like the last 25 years. What? And I just started, I just went back to it last, uh, last year because right now, what a lot of people don't understand is um, poultry, um, the guidelines for poultry have become much more lax. And so there's a lot of bad things happening in, in that world. And the beef um, world, they, they, they're more strict they're, they're much more strict grass with fed grass it. finished exactly. you
0: can really you can source incredible can, exactly
1: so what i did meat. was i found um there's a there's a great um food delivery service uh called fork mind and body in chicago no here
0: Oh, fork mind and body.
1: And it is, .com. it is awesome. Uh, Debbie, uh, she, and so she prepares. Shout out my to food Debbie. We'll talk to her. And she does. And so I can eat chicken because her chickens come from, of course. You, She can regulate where she's getting stuff from. So she's getting grass fed. She's getting farm so raised. She does, she's getting, yeah. So she meal sends prep, me prep, so, Meal
0: prep. She'll do a week.
1: So, she, so she'll, so she sends me to Chicago because I started it here last year. Oh my God. And she, uh, she sends me stuff now. She'll, you know, pre dry it, it, ships it, ships it, and it keeps me away from craft service. Of course. It keeps me away from pizza at Friday night at eleven o'clock at yeah, night. I can, no. I mean, she sends me really good, tasty, healthy, and it
0: makes it to Chicago. Like it makes it to what's Chicago. What's amazing is that you're still the devotion.
1: Yeah, to Fort like
0: That you're not even using a service in Chicago because this
1: because this one works. Like I tried something else right. last year, and I just discovered her last. I discovered her this time last summer. Right.
0: How'd you find her?
1: a friend of mine had, had recommended right. her and uh and I I discovered her and I was like and just and like I said seeing that I can eat what I want to eat like I'll go out I I went to um I went to a restaurant French bistro the other night and they have the best bread Ever, it is like being in yeah. France. It's crusty Heaven. and warm hot. Yeah. and hot. And I hope you ate and it. I ate so much Good, of it. As and you that's my point. It's like, look, I love food. Yeah. And so, but I find if I'm proactive, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 a seventy percent, seventy five percent of the time, I'm eating really healthy, and I'm doing intermittent fasting. So when I go and eat. A couple of bags of potato chips or French fries course, or and whatever. You have to, you, and then uh, it's not like, oh my god, I feel so no. yeah. So uh, I'm
0: a big, I'm a, I'm, I'm a believer in you know moderation and not yeah, just like you gotta live, man. Like yeah. you gotta fucking you gotta live. live. I can't handle like the ri- so rigid. To me, the the rigidity is it speaks to something off. Well, I mean, the, everybody big, the obsessiveness because then you're just bat- you're into another kind of disorder. Yeah, but having I've, come from eating disorders, like yeah. Okay. Know, okay. Yeah, You'd but I think tra- you know? I
1: think I think I think some people like I have friends like sometimes I just need a taste. Oh, sometimes sometimes i just need a taste you could do some, a taste friends, you could do a bite i can sometimes just do oh, a I bite hate you and people are like how can you I and i'm like it, yeah. i'm like because you know why a lot of times it's curiosity more oh. than and
0: then when you're eating it if you're just like eh, it's not as good as i thought it's it's just it's just I a moment to it.
1: and yeah and how many times have you gotten a dessert and you go the dessert it's, it's mediocre but i'm gonna finish I'll eat it I'll that whole thing eat the whole i don't <laughs>
0: care if it's if my hop is going down like i'm yeah. at Lutas. yeah and that's yeah, I can't do the bite—the one bite. I can do it. Yeah. Oh, I—I I actually like I—I I don't like you because when <laughs> I go, I'll go to like a dinner and we'll order a dessert, and my girlfriends will be like, "I just want a bite," and I'm just like, "Okay, just move out of the way." Wow. I'm going in. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I
1: mean, but I go in. When I go in, I. go I in. I want to go in. I go in. Yeah. When I go in, I go in. But I'm just saying. But that's also an option.
0: Oh my god. Well, I would. I'm gonna wrap up, but I would ask you a question like, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? But I just feel like the, that question doesn't exist because you're doing everything. <laughs> You yeah. write, you, you've written novels, you're directing. Now you're in your, like, you're almost having a whole renaissance of a career in mm. the past 10 years. Yeah,
1: and that's been always the goal. And now, and, and, and here's the thing, I, I, you know, one of the last things I, I, I would like to say would be, you know, start planning, as I've always done, start planning before mm. the moment. See, most of us wait until the moment. Most Mm -hmm. of us wait when I, I'm going to, one day I'm going to start writing once and then all of a sudden you're fired from your job or your job ends and then you start writing. Now, there's nothing wrong with Mm -hmm. that, but start writing, start planting the seeds, start going to workshops while you're doing a job you don't like, start, whatever the hobby is, whatever the, the interest is, start doing it before so you can say, then, you know, I've gotten experience, I've gotten some knowledge. And it is, and so I started directing, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Um, but I'm on another level. Yeah, little did you young. know,
0: right? All right. And I was going to say, what would you tell anyone, you know, young and aspiring in, in any of the arts? And I think, and I, that's what you're saying is the same thing that I say. Just you have to have like plan. First of all, plan A, plan B, plan C. Completely be cult- cultivating a well-rounded artist a and a well-rounded you know, career, like a a, rel, a relevant worker, like have, you got to have game plan. Some, game plan. a game plan, game plan and no one, and I'll tell you, that's what happened to me in ER. When it ended, I was like, holy shit. Like the last couple of years I started thinking like, maybe I'd want to get into teaching. I got to think ahead right. and then it hit. Right. And I was like, then I, you're scrambling. and everyone, and I had that, this tiny role, but it just went on and on. So it was like brass handcuffs because right. I didn't have to. I was doing other things like I teach spinning and but I was I didn't have to get another job, but I I knew I was going to be in trouble and then it really hit and I was you know I remember I was like oh fuck I need a job like there was a time when I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do and I didn't want to I was like I'm forty like you know acting at some point right you know you don't
1: have that passion for I had
0: the passion I love the craft but the business you know you you just get beat down and just like if friends friends have. Given me roles and I'm like this is great and I'm in heaven or created my own but no at yeah. some point you yeah. got and I meet see women my age and I'm like you're still auditioning like, I can't even believe that they're still doing it right right yeah and wait one last thing I was gonna say um, do you think we'll have an ER reunion I don't think I think it's done nah, no one gives not. a shit it's like so no one cares nah, I saw not. something I tagged you I saw something on Instagram about something yeah I mean people people no one a propose
1: a it but I I, it, I think it's not a
0: reunion but like I mean maybe we'll have a party not like a sh- yeah it's no, done it's so we, done yeah, end of an yeah.
1: era yeah and you know and you got to also realize i mean there were people like you that were sort of in both worlds mm-hmm. but they became very different like there's the the first eight years of er then there's the last stragglers, seven. you know what i mean so, so there are people that like it's yeah. like it's like a different i not know different regime and i know.
0: don't even know who some of them are i've seen people they're like i, I was not, i didn't even know because i would go do my thing i didn't I didn't even read the scripts. Right. I would just read my I mean I was a paramedic. I didn't have to know what was happening. Right. I just had to know my lines with truth. Right. I had no idea what was happening. I didn't even watch the finale. But oh, my last thing I was going to say, do you think you're going to create a show or write a show? Is that is that's that the goal. I mean I'm yeah. assuming that's And again,
1: and again, the next frontier. At, yeah, you that you start doing and what the, the 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 ultimate goal. The ultimate goal, which is why I started um when I became an author. So I started writing novels 5 years ago I, I published my first novel 5 years ago and uh and the goal is to create a franchise um a, a literary franchise oh. that then becomes a cinematic. That's um, what people are doing um, yeah. now. So They're so writing just, books
0: first. You kind of going exactly. reverse engineering it.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 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 the big goal. So when you say owning a show, right. I want to own it the from book. from the bottom. All, exactly. Genius. So you go. So that's what I've been. So I, I literally have just. I'm editing um my third novel. uh So it's it's in a, it's a series. So it's a trilogy.
0: Oh, of the one that you were. Yeah. okay uh, uh, there's one there's it's one guy is it like a detective or something it's, they're,
1: they're two detectives right one uh they're two detectives uh one is african- American uh the other one is Italian Irish American and then they work with a female FBI agent and they track down high-profile serial killers and that's like they are the oh my God, they're heaven. the top they're the top Closers in New York, and oh. she comes in and joins them on one of the cases. Who do you see
0: playing I mean, her? Like, who is she? Her, is she young? I
1: can't. I, I won't say. But, trust but I'm saying, me. is she
0: young? Is she like like? Because I I love watch Killing Eve. Do you watch Killing Eve?
1: Yes, it's so yes. good. Yeah.
0: Like, is she like a yeah in her 30s or yeah some, yeah. yeah? I
1: mean, very. And, and the thing about it is, I write these novels, um, knowing where the end goal is, so I make them very castable. Of course, you know what I mean. So so the, so the so the African American role. Um, that cop is awesome. The Italian, Irish, that cop is awesome. And then you've got, and you've got this badass woman. Mm -hmm. And that, those are the good guys. Then you write these really attractive bad guys Amazing to attract. Cats, right. So if you and, and, and no, they, they become they're major. Like right. it's like you know this is the villain of this book, right, and right, this right. and this villain is brilliant. Right, and you're going up against this villain. So you you want to attract people so that when you sell this thing, people see it as being very castable. We can mm. get some great. Actors in here to to do this, and I I I write with certain actors in mind, and they're 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 big names, and 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 I'm like, this is how I see it. So when you ask what's the ultimate goal, yeah, that's creating it's it's creating the franchise, owning the franchise, and you know owning it from bottom to top. Mm -hmm. I mean everything from you know and and so but again i'm doing that while i'm doing this Great. gig i'm i'm doing the creative process so i'm finishing um finishing this last book which i think is the best book and even and the cool thing is it's written in such a way that even though it's a trilogy that even if you read the last book first Fine. Yeah, you can get into the world and go back and then read the first two books as prequels. So that's it wor- so it works either course, way. You can yeah. get into it from the front door or the back door. Wow. You know what I mean? And so so that's the goal. And, I, and you, but you do it now. You like you don't. I don't. I'm not going to wait until okay. I'm no, longer, I'm no longer. I'm no longer doing this show. Now what? That's that's the point that I'm making. You start right. doing it if that means you got to get up at five thirty in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. Get up and get get it going now while everything is good, mm-hmm. as opposed to oh shit, this is over. You don't do
0: your best work when you're panicking. You really don't. You really don't. And yeah. and that's and that's the that's a that's a huge thing. But oh god, two more last things. No. One is um I think what's amazing about you and that is like really inspiring and hopefully will inspire other people is that you the drive. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has the drive. Right. You have to have that drive. And I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to help people cultivate drive if you don't have it. Right. That's very because you you're just driven. I'm like we're alpha type we're driven. Right. You have to have that, right. and if not, I don't know how to cultivate it. But that'd be something to kind of look into. One dumb question for actors: I've always meant to ask this because now you're on the other side. Even though I don't audition anymore, but I, I I was coaching some actors over the past few years. When you go into an audition, mm-hmm. you like do you like your actors off book, knowing every single line. I prefer it. Um, this is a real. It's it's it's, it's but holding the it's paper. Preference. Do you care uh, you about hold, that? I do. Do you want them to hold the paper?
1: If, I, I want them to hold the paper if they're really struggling for lines. I'd rather, you know, you have it and so I'll say, you know what, pick up the paper. It's fine. As long as I'm getting a sense, like sometimes people come in and they become a prisoner to right. the paper. You just so want to reading. feel freedom. So they read them. So you want to be able to say, and now if I give you something to do, you can actually do it and not break a really cool moment by looking down. At your paper so that's my preference i prefer do i discriminate against actors right. that could no i don't can you uh, yeah. tell if
0: they're not prepared oh yeah i mean i know you could tell but yeah. i'm saying you might get disappointed by someone who your hope is is, is really going to yeah. come loaded and you're like oh they didn't do the work
1: man yeah. no no you can definitely tell, you could tell. And, and i don't i don't have a lot of tolerance for that uh but you can just because you're reading off of paper doesn't mean you're not prepared I mean, oh you absolutely you could have gotten that audition yesterday and stayed up all night. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I got much respect for that because that's what we used to do.
0: And that is what happens. And
1: that's what happens. And so when that's you're showing up
0: on a TV show, you come to your, you go to your trailer and then you've got a new script. So exactly. you have to learn so you that. You have muscle. to
1: learn it. You have to learn it. But you, but you know the people that haven't put in work they haven't made a decision what the objective is what mm-hmm. the act- what the actions are what the obstacles are they haven't made those and so now it's like amateur hour and that i i don't have a whole no. lot of patience like you know what even if you come in and make Bat, if, even if you ma- you've made the wrong choice, At least you made a choice, you go, okay, you know what now, but you made it with such commitment that I can see something. Now let me redirect that commitment and let me give you the right choice because a lot of times actors just get sized. They don't know what the full script is, of so they don't know where's this... Where's
0: Half the time you're making the wrong choice. It doesn't make a difference. Just but make you, a choice. But if
1: you make a you make committed. a choice and you, and you go, okay, you know what, but let me tweak that. Now I'm working with you and that's what mm-hmm. you want as an actor. You want a director to say, hey, now let me work with you as opposed to, hey, right away. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Oh, so that it de- it depends, but it's not mm-hmm. you know, you can have that off book, on book. Just you know.
0: commit to something. Commit Make to choices, something. commit to something. Do and even homework. if it's the basics. Do your homework. Yeah. E, thank you. Do you want to give us your social media handles?
1: Oh boy! Like we're, we're yeah, so, yeah um, Eric whatever. Lasalle on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, just, like, yeah. I tweet all the time. Um, yeah, um, I put
0: my t- my funny T-shirts on Instagram. Yes. I like to wear different T-shirts to work.
1: Yeah, so, so I'm I'm under my name, Eric Lasalle, on both Twitter and uh, and, and and IG.
0: And so. when does your show? When is season? What season are you guys on? And when does it debut again? Like, are we in a fresh? We season?
1: are. We no. We are. We're wrapping up this season, so yeah. we have the final. Two episodes left.
0: Tell us the channels, everything. Uh
1: NBC, Wednesday night, uh Chicago PD. Damn. Uh, Damn girl. So and I'm directing the season finale, which will air in not next week, but the following week. And then we'll start the new season obviously in the fall. I go back in July June and we start filming in July and then they'll air them in September. So uh so yeah, so that's it. So yeah.
0: proud of you. Thank I'm like you a proud much. mama, even though I'm you. younger. Yes. Um Thank you. All right. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Eric, thank you so much. I got so much out of this episode, and I hope that anyone who's an actor got something out of this. Start thinking about, you know, think about longevity of career. Stay open. If you're in any creative field, be open to pivot and be be malleable in how you can express that uh, creativity it might not be exactly what you thought it was when you started um, especially if you're an actor, you should be writing you should be directing, you should be looking at all corners and angles of, um, of the business of storytelling anyway, thank you so much, I'm not going to do any ads this week I'm just going to uh, roll out of here and thanks for listening and star and rate you can follow Eric at E-R-I-Q LaSalle Um, on Instagram Eric you're almost a little too cool for Instagram this is not really his thing but if you just want to get a quick hit and see what's going on um, watch the show at Chicago PD on NBC and uh, that's it and also he's a writer too so you can check out his books Um, until next time we've got a few interesting episodes coming up and I can't wait to do more with you guys so star and rate and share and all that good stuff okay bye